Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another Guitarwing podcast. I am your host, Troy McCubbin, and um, it feels like I haven't talked to you guys in ages. So welcome, wherever you are in the world, whatever you're doing, we appreciate your time, your ears, and uh, thank you for supporting Guitarwank. Uh, wow, it, it does feel like it's been a little while. Uh, I guess it has. Um, we've all been traveling. Scott's busy deep, deep in the bowels of his record in his studio. And uh, he's he's in that land. And Bruce is... Where is Bruce? He's in Chicago. And that reminds me, i got to let you guys know, if you are in Chicago, you got to um, you got to go see Bruce. He's actually tomorrow, no, Thursday, this Thursday, he's playing at Old Town Music. I guess if you're in Chicago, you'll know where that is. Old Town Music, he's doing a guitar workshop. Now, what better than Bruce Foreman doing a guitar workshop? You probably will learn something. And a vocal guitar workshop um, with Aaron McDougall at Bloom School of Jazz. But that was yesterday. So you've missed that. So don't worry about that one. So all you got to worry about is this Thursday... Uh, here, Bruce Foreman, guitar workshop at Old Town Music in Chicago, and um, and also he's playing the Den, the Den in Chicago on the seventh of July. So you've got two things uh, this Thursday, Old Town Music. He's doing a guitar workshop. That's uh, the twenty eighth of June, and then you've got the Den in Chicago on the seventh of July. Holy snapping duck shit, uh, Bruce. You're out there for a while, mate. So uh, I hope you're busy. You know, I believe he's got a red guitar event this uh, coming up as well this week. So you're going to have to email him or reach out to him on Facebook if you want to find out where you want more details. You want to go to that. I think it's like a private show. We've won have a, one of our uh, guitar wanker listeners. He heard the calling and he put on a show and now Bruce is playing his house and uh, with the red guitar. So he's got a bunch of mates coming over and they're going to do a show, which is friggin' awesome. I should take a cut of that, I feel. <laughs> Bruce, can I, get a, can I get a finder's fee, mate? Just joking. Uh, so there you go. So that's where Bruce is going to be, or that's where he is. He's out there. He's touring with uh, a jazz vocalist, Aaron, and doing guitar workshops and teaching and um, all that stuff. I just got back from Nashville, which sucks dog balls because... I was there for two weeks, and now I just got back, and this is the week of Nam. Talk about timing, McCubbin. That was just stupid. So Nam is in Nashville for summer, the Nam, which is Nashville, and um, yeah, I had to come back. So I was there and had to come back. But I've got to say, I'm really loving Nashville. A big thanks to my mate out there, Val, and uh, and Mark, and everyone else that looked after me in Nashville. It was so cool. Such a great town and inspiring place. And yeah, I had a lot of fun. It was good. Uh, what else are we on to? Whoa, we have um, we have a new winner tonight that we will be announcing in the show. So that's awesome. So I was going to announce it now, but that would be stupid. So if you need to listen to the whole episode and I will announce it somewhere in the episode who our next winner is. Our first winner was Mark Thomas. 
Uh, Mark, you'll be receiving a gift sometime in the near future. We've just been busy and uh, our next winner will also be receiving a gift. As I said, every episode, if you have done those three things, what are they, Troy? Well, they are... um, Go to the guitarwank.com website, sign up, subscribe, do all that stuff. Maybe you want to donate. You can go there, donate your life savings, um, your will, anything of uh, value that you want to freely give us and hand over to us. We greatly accept it. Um, So you can do that. You can donate. You can buy a cap. You can buy a mug. You can get pics. And um, actually, if you buy a cap or a mug or a t-shirt, we'll throw in some pics and coasters. Look at that. Unbelievable. We're just, like, giving away so much nowadays. So there you go. So go to guitarwank.com, subscribe, do that. Um, buy a shitload of merchandise and give your life savings away. And then you've got to go to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to this lovely podcast. Leave an amazing review. As I keep saying, lie if you have to. Um, it doesn't matter. But you can lie. You can do that. And then you email us at guitarwank at gmail.com and uh, let us know that you've done all this and what you think of the show. Um, and we will take your name and it will go into a hat. And it's a mighty big hat. And there's like 10 other names in that hat. And we will draw out a winner as we will on this show tonight. So um, that's where we're at. So I hope everyone is great out there. Um, I talked to Scott just the other day and yeah, he's busy doing the album stuff. As I said, Bruce is away. I'm heading to Australia in a couple of weeks with the family, which will be amazing. So I'm hoping to catch up with all my Australian um, mates and family. Maybe some family I don't want to see. I don't know. You know what it's like. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, you get it. You get it. Um, yeah, so that'll be fun. And uh, so, yeah, we, we've actually got some... We've got some really, really, really amazing stuff in the pipeline that I'm hoping is going to happen before I leave to Australia. And we will be leaving you guys with this fun, amazing stuff. I can't say anything about it just yet, but I'm super duper excited. And uh, yeah, I think it will be world, world. um, It's never happened in the world before. That's the only hint I can give you. It's never happened before. We would be the only ones. That's all I'm going to say. So that's it. So for this episode here, I've had to dive deep into the vault of the Guitar Wank episodes to find shit to put out. (laughs) Well, it's not shit, but you know what I mean. Uh, So basically, uh, a little while back, I got the amazing pleasure to sit down with a great bloke, a great guitarist, uh, just a a great... Actually, two pommies um, are going to bring with... There's a little bit of me and Bruce, and uh, obviously Scott will be back in a couple of weeks, and Bruce is in the blah, 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 blah. But this one, I'm going to start off with a little bit of Rob Harris. If you don't know Rob Harris, a great pommy guitar player. Thanks, Rob. And he also brought an amazing bottle of booze with this. It was a lovely bottle of uh, whiskey, scotch whiskey or something. 
Uh, it disappeared pretty quick. Thanks, Rob. Uh, but anyway, Rob sat down with uh, me when Scott and Bruce were away, and we had a great old chat, and he plays with Jamiroquai, and yeah, he's been doing that for years. What a killer gig that is, and he's a great player, and he's doing a bunch of stuff. So I wanted to learn more about Rob and what's he doing and all that kind of stuff. So we'll start off a bit of Rob, and then, uh, oh, it's two Robs. <laughs> Mr. Robbie Garland, another POM. It's POMI night. All right, let's give it to the POMs, you POMI bastards. Uh, well, let's let's have it to Rob. Robbie Garland, another great bloke, a fantastic. These guys are all great players. Actually, Rob does a bunch of stuff on True Fire. Uh, he has albums out. He's, he's, he's another monster guitar player. He plays gigs around town. He's got a three-piece and... He kills, he sings, he writes. You know, these guys are super talented. I wanted to learn more about their story, and I got to sit down with these two chaps, and we had a good old uh, shits and giggles. And, uh, yeah, there you go. So that's what we did, and um, I guess sit back and relax and enjoy that. We will be coming up with a lot of cool shit uh, shortly, so enjoy your guitar wank. Please be safe out there. Look after each other. And I've got to say, the Guitar Wank Forum, if you don't know about it, go on there. Uh, we will we'll get you signed up. It's a private Guitar Wank Forum. And um, it's, I think it's coming up to 700 people, I think, around there. I can't remember. Chris, uh, our good mate and supporter out there, is helping us run it. So thanks, Chris, again, for all your work and help and support. But some of the topics and stuff that people ask and the questions it's great i love seeing what people are saying and um i know bruce reads it <laughs> i don't know if scott is even i don't know i haven't talked to scott about it yet he's gonna well, it's been a while we'll catch up with scott so i'm sure he's got no i don't know what scott's doing <laughs> he's in album when he's in album land he's like a mad professor and he's just he's so focused and i applaud him and no, it's gonna be badass. He's such a monster. He's, he's a he's a he's a mad bastard, and we love him. And I uh, can't wait for the new album. It's exciting stuff. All right, there you go. I think I've wasted enough of your time today. I know you're excited to listen to this episode, and also find out who the next winner is. Because every episode, I said we will have a new winner. That's a pretty good podcast. We are bribing our listeners. And uh, I'm hearing you all say, shut the fuck up, McCubbin, and get on with the show. All right, let's get to it. Uh, we'll catch you guys all next week. Let's wait for the winner for this week. will be announced throughout the show. And uh, enjoy. Thank you for all the support. Really appreciate it.
gentlemen that was amazing we were five minutes in and um we had a power surge because we've got really crazy windy weather outside yeah and the sh system shut down and we lost about five minutes of the show <laughs> but i'm sitting here so i'm going to start again i'm sitting here with rob harris yes where are you from I'm from Cambridge, England. Cambridge. Cambridgeshire, England. Yeah. Oh, sounds. So it you got Sounds. It sounds. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's a lovely city. Right. And there's lots of very very intelligent people roaming around yep. the streets of Cambridge. I'm not one of them. I just <laughs> I just go there and do the shopping and. Uh, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Jamiroquai guitarist for how many years? Uh, since '99. So that's what's that? 17, 18 hey, years. Wow. I know. That's a hell of a gig, man. I had hair. <laughs> I had, uh, yeah, and it was all dark. Yep. Now it's all fallen out and grey. Well, <laughs> but, there you go. Yeah. Wow. That's, not many people, I guess it's a, mm. it's a band. It is right? a band, yeah. It's a band. He is, I mean, Jay is a very loyal person, you know, and, yep. uh, it you know the band is him right it's him he's yeah. the artist yeah um but yeah I've, I've been around since 99 uh i thought i was i thought it was just going to be me stepping in to do a few little gigs here and there yeah but within a couple of months i ended up writing uh going into the studio and writing co-writing sort of eight eight or nine tunes on the first album wow. that i did so i kind of just stuck around and uh just keep my head down. <laughs> oh man, I have I have so many questions, and I, I want to try and. Well, I'm mm. just curious, like a gig that long. Do you? Because I know mm. what it's like when you're in gigs, and that after a while, shit can become. Uh, you get a little frustrated. Depends yeah. on what you're doing. But do you realize how lucky that this gig is? I do. Yep. I tell myself all the time. Right. Having done other, worked with other artists, and I've worked with a few, what keeps this gig fresh is that it's never the same night after night. It's, it's always, wow. he's one of those artists that you have to watch and you have to read him. And, oh, wow. And it's, it, it changed. We might play the same set night after night, but yep. the arrangements change on the fly, you know, as you're doing it, he'll right. stretch things out yep. and cue things and even walk up and sing you something while you're playing and want a new line out of you and... Oh, wow. Or just so point. there's a lot of improvisation There's a lot of improvisation. Well. That's um, awesome. Yeah, it's, so that's what keeps the gig fresh. Yeah. I've, yeah. Done, I've done other gigs where it is exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, I've, done, I've done too many of those gigs and you start to... 
after so many nights in a row, you really start to question what yeah. you're doing. There. Why are you doing yeah. it? And, and, yeah. and then, the, you know, the in-between in song banter is the same <laughs> scripted. Exactly. exactly. Everything. Yeah, they're, <coughs> they're on autopilot and they're not even trying anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've done a bunch of those gigs and it's frustrating. But So it, that's what keeps this gig you know it, it is a long time 17 18 years in the same wow. doing the same band it does it's fantastic it's great it's so rare nowadays yeah to have a gig like that yeah so you basically you, you're not a side guy at all you're band yeah it's a band gig it's the, the the core you know drums bass guitar keys percussion we've been there so i'm yeah, the, the only two members that were there before me are the drummer and the ba uh, and the percussionist, yep. Derek and Schola. Um And they were there, I think, since 95, 96. Right. Yep. So he's very loyal. And the, and the newest member is the is Paul Turner, who newest core member, Paul Turner on bass. And he's been there probably about... He joined in 2004. Wow. So yep. he likes to keep the same people yeah. around. That's, um, that's really cool. And he pushes, he pushes us you yeah. know, to give yeah. him new things. Yeah. And he uses you guys in the studio? Yeah. yeah. Ah, see, yeah. see that's, yeah. to me, that's a dream gig right there. It's just nothing worse when you do get a gig and you're playing with an artist and you are just a, a touring side guy. Yeah. You're not involved in anything else. And yeah. 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 Well, he, you know, he likes... To trust, you know, he puts his trust in you. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, I think he get he's comfortable, but he, but he doesn't let us get too comfortable. Right. Yeah. Yep. So he he wants different things. From how you how old is he? He what is he? I'm forty. I'm forty six. I think he's forty seven or forty. When do you turn forty seven? Uh, I'm all, uh, August twenty seventh. I'm. <laughs> I'm August 28th and wow. I turned 47 as well. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. You're the same date as my best friend in Australia, He, but wow. he's a year younger, but we're the same age. Wow. That's okay. crazy, right? <laughs> it's a day apart. So you technically, you're older than me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, today I, I feel old, but I just saw you hobbling in. So Yeah, I was hobbling you know. in. <laughs> wow. wow. That's crazy, man. You're a Virgo. A Virgo yeah. Fellow yeah. Virgo. Yeah. Pain in the ass. Yeah, pretty Neurotic much. Neurotic. Yeah. Stress head. <laughs> pretty much all those things. That's why yeah. I run. Okay. You know? Yeah, that's why I, that's why I, my, my, uh, my partner, yep. she's like, will you please just go and do some exercise? <laughs> Stop being a freak and just go and, yeah. go into do some wow, exercise. That's, that's wow. So funny. a day apart. Day apart. I think I was born around 7.30 in the evening. I don't know what time I was born. born. Yeah. Wow, that's that's odd. Crazy, right? When you were saying August, you... I'm like, he's not going to say the 28th, and you said 27. <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. Do you find Do you find that when you meet people that are born around the same time, that you check out? You kind of go, I'm just going to check this person out to check whether <laughs> they're as crazy <laughs> so as you me. Relate in any way? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, it's yeah. I don't know. That's, that's, <laughs> that's pretty funny that we're born a day apart. Wow, where were you born? Uh, Bedford, Bedfordshire in in okay. England. Yeah. yeah, yeah, clearly nowhere near where nowhere I was near born. Where you, so you, uh, you Australia, yeah, no, Melbourne, <laughs> Melbourne, yeah, pretty pretty obvious, right? Melbourne, well, country Melbourne, Melbourne in Australia, right. okay. a place called Trelawgan, okay. which is Aboriginal for Little Creek, right? So, okay, 
you know. And how long have you been here? I've been in America since 97, so it's, what, 20 okay. years. Okay. And um, I come over here to go to Musicians Institute. Right. Studied in Australia, wanted to travel, come mm. to America, come here, and That's- I stayed. That was me. I I used to read those guitar magazines religiously. Right. Guitar player and guitar player, and guitar, I'm like, yeah. I want to go. I want to yeah. go to GIT. I want to go. That was yeah. That was my thing for the longest time. I wanted to do that, and I think in the end I did it just because everyone said I wasn't going to do it. Right. They pushed me. They were like, yeah, "You're not going to do it." I just like I talked that much. I was like, oh, "Fuck! I better do this." I bet. <laughs> I'm going to be such a wanker if I don't go. Yeah. So yeah. I did, but um. And no, definitely no regrets. And, you know, my, my dream, lifelong dream was to tour the world playing guitar and yeah. see the world. So you did and it. And I got to do it. And I'm feel fucking so blessed. You did it. I would yeah. hate to be a guitarist trying to achieve that dream now. It's very different. Yeah. It's a different world now. I don't, I, but you know what? There seems to be a bit of a sea change. Really? I'm, I, well, just like things like you're like you're doing, yeah, doing the Guitar Wank podcast, it's really and and various other things. It's it's a bit of a boost. There just seems to be a bit more interest in guitar, especially amongst oh, guitar hell, players. Yes, hell of a lot. Do you remember there was a moment in time? I yeah. mean, about I don't know, might have been early two thousands where mm. guitar was just. Guitar solos were unheard of. Yeah. They were giving away strats and that, and mm-hmm. you just couldn't even... Guitar was just non-existent. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, just I always... I kept seeing, well, the guitar resurgence, but mm. more pedal boards. Yeah. <laughs> pedal yeah. boards just become, like, the thing. Yeah. And it's come it's back. It's just coming back. Yeah. There's a lot more interest in it, and um, it's healthier. A lot of healthier. But not... I don't think it's financially healthy. No. If you're looking at it in that way. Yeah. But I hate to say it. Who said it was supposed to pay? <laughs> no, I think you're really lucky if you got. Yeah. I mean, I look back at now the gigs that I scored that actually paid pretty well mm. for what I was doing. Oh, man, those gigs now are just like, wow. I heard, and mm. and this is from a really good source, mm. uh, who knows the guitarist for Jennifer Lopez. Okay. Young kid. Yeah. And she could not believe this, but this is what she was told. He's getting 400 bucks a week on the road. That's criminal. That's, I got to say it, Jennifer Lopez, you bitch. What the fuck are you paying a guy $400 a week for a top gig like that? If that's true. I can imagine, I mean, I heard similar things about Adele. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah, that it's not, you know, I don't know, I don't know, but I've, I've heard similar things that it's not what you think it should be, especially with the amount they're charging for tickets. And the, 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 the quality of artists. And that may not have anything to do with Adele or Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. It, it might be just production management, yeah, production, yeah. you know. But they, they kind of, I did see a trend of them steering the gig towards the you know every, there's a lot of stuff on track so you don't really need to be doing right that much yeah they even can, with Adele I don't know in that I don't right. know in that scenario I yeah. don't know but it's it's not like they're looking for the personality from the players yeah. a lot of the time it's, you're just there to fill the, sh- the space on the, the space, stage yeah. so that the 
the the punter feels like they're paying for something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's 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 how the industry has become. But there does yeah. seem to be a bit of a trend in you know people. It was there was a, a thing where people would just get hired because they look good and you know they were young. Yeah, and, I was kind of I think more on the tail end of that, but definitely. That was mm. a huge part of that. Yeah. Like when I got the gig with Tattoo, mm. the first thing they did was grab us guys and throw us with a, um, a stylist. A stylist. And, that's, you a know, fun, that's a fun day, isn't it? Oh, it, was, <laughs> it was actually great for us because we were all so broke. And then to mm. have a stylist walk in with, you know, five grand worth of clothes yeah. and go grab what... Take it. Yeah. yeah. And it was yeah. a fucking really great day. Yeah. But we did have a stylist before that was... It was just horrendous what I've, they wanted us to wear, and yeah, I've not, I've never had a good time with that thing. <laughs> so let's, <laughs> yeah. Rob, I've okay. got to go back. Let's go back before you got the the gig with Jamiroquai. Yeah. Um. What were you doing before that happened? I'm I'm curious. So. You you mean like how? Did, what did I do? the other artists or what was I doing at the time? Yeah, what were you, were you, were you a professional musician then? Yeah, I yep. started, so I started playing the guitar when I was seven years old. <laughs> and um, You beat me by three years. <laughs> um, and I was hopeless at it. I grew up in the Middle East. Oh, wow. Initially, so I moved my, with my parents and my brother and sister. We grew up in Qatar. Yeah. So I, I lived there from the age of four. Started playing the guitar when I was seven, yep. and then came back to the UK when I was um, eleven or twelve. Yeah, eleven or twelve. Yeah. And up to that point, I was literally playing on one finger. I had no idea what I was doing. I, I started the first year or so. I had the guitar laying flat on my lap. <laughs> um, I had this old Hofner that my that belonged to my dad. And I had no idea what I was doing, and then got an electric guitar, there's some cheap, you know, plywood thing. Yeah. And started lessons when I came back, when I got back to England with a great teacher called Colin Medlock. And my second lesson, he was late, and he just said, oh, I'm sorry I'm late, I've been, I've been at a session in London. And I was like, what's a session? <laughs> and he explained, oh, it's when someone gets hired to play on. And that's when I said, well, that's what, uh, that sounds like a good job. Right. That's what I want to do. I never, I didn't want to be in a famous band. I'd, I'd not, I didn't want to be in a group, you know, that, that group thing. And yeah, I just thought, well, that sounds like that's what I want to do. Right. Um, and he started teaching me Beatles songs. What, what I thought was really great about him, Colin Medlock, was he just immediately started teaching me how to play songs rather than doing scales and stuff yeah. like that. So, yeah. uh, and then I, I had lessons with him for about three or four years and he introduced me to players. So rather than going the Hendrix route, he introduced me to Larry Carlton and oh, wow. Steve Lukather and so you got into that stuff pretty early. That's what I started with with wow. that. And yep. But most probably the first thing I really got into was a, a British guitarist. I don't know if you heard of him. His name was Alan Murphy. Alan Murphy, no. So he played on a lot of the '80s sort of pop stuff. So yep. he, he played 
with a band called Go West. Oh, man, I'm a huge fan of Go, so Go West. So he was the guy that did all wow, that stuff. Okay. So those weird, so those kind of, it, it was almost like a pop version of Alan Holdsworth. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of, that was, he was a session guy and I was like, well, that's, that's what I want to do. Yeah. He, was, he was the hired gun kind of thing. Wow. And uh, yeah, that's what got me into it. Yeah. So I, you know, play, had, you know, I was in bands at school doing the thing of just playing along with records and learning stuff off records and, uh, and studying with my, with this teacher who showed me a few things, but kind of just let me get on with it. He, yeah, you know, yeah. he showed me a few jazz tunes, a few standards and that's what I that's I kind of went towards that side of it a yeah. bit a bit first before I got into the rock kind of Hendrixy sort of stuff. Right. Wait, um, now you're still at school. When then when yeah. you left school, was it a was it a decision made for you, or was it a conscious decision? I'm going to do this. I'm like not going to go get a trade. Or I like that. so from picking the guitar up that. My, that was it. My parents just went, no, oh, he's lost. He's done. <laughs> he's gone. So my, you know, I've got an older brother and sister and yep. I think they kind of did experiments with us. So my brother was very studious and they pushed him and my sister was just a really hard worker. So they let her get on with it. And with me, they just thought, oh, he's just a waste of time. <laughs> just a waste. <laughs> let him just play the guitar. Yeah. So when I left school, they they said they, I think they realised I, I came out of school with zero qualifications <laughs> apart from music. Yeah. And they just thought, well, we'll just let him let's so, see let what he be. does. Yeah. Um, I met my uh, you know I met my um, now ex-wife. Yeah. Um, when I was seventeen, was playing guitar. Um, got a, you know got a flat. <laughs> then bought a house when I was eighteen. Wow! I had a job yep. working in a in a in a, a screw factory, <laughs> but that was great for me because I realised I better do something do about something, this because yeah. if I don't get out of this, yeah. I'm going to be this stuck. This is where you're stuck. Yeah. So I started teaching guitar and do, just picking up any gig that I could get yep. doing top forty stuff. Wow! Yeah. And you did that quite a while before. When was the first? Um, I got, there was a band in the UK called the Pasadenas, who was, they were a five-piece male singing group, very old school yep. soul music actually, right. but they had some chart success, so I got a gig with them, um, and then did, did that for about a year, just doing gigs in the UK, yeah. but with great musicians you know great drummers and bass players would go through the gig it was a great way to meet different musicians um then i got a tour i, I worked with an artist called gary newman oh gary newman yeah man so yeah <laughs> completely different style of music right um and that was when i kind of realized that all of the stuff i'd been studying all of the clever had no relevance at all <laughs> you know right you played a f you played a third and you'd, you'd chop a finger off kind of thing so it was great for me to kind of realize you know actually there are different f 
styles of music and you kind of you had to dumb it down a little bit yeah but like just play less play less yeah but play for the gig yeah you know yeah, yeah. get the sounds right for the gig yeah and i suppose that's you you, you become a jobbing guitarist yeah you, you're kind of doing that it's like a session you what does the what does the, the artist need yeah you know yeah. and uh wow yeah that was cool and that that just pro keep progressing onto different gigs or yeah same yeah. yeah working with different people in that sort of way and being kind of like a sideman right um and doing recordings for other people as well at the same time yeah you know so yeah it's it's strange because you do you you have to change you you have to learn the gig obviously as yeah. you know and yeah. and then adjust your mindset slightly for that period but, of time yeah yeah because it is like being a chameleon yeah isn't it you just gotta because if we mm. really probably wanted the gig that the music we truly would love to be playing 200 percent mm. well that hardly ever happens but mm. you know these gigs are usually a lot of stuff that you would never see yourself no. playing right and you're learning a back catalogue of music that you you wouldn't perhaps have you might know two or three songs but you wouldn't know the whole back catalogue yeah but the but the cool thing is is that you take you keep bits those bits yeah and you then trans you kind of layer them over different things that you're doing yeah in different styles of music so things I learned on the Gary Newman gig I've used in the Jamiroquai gig, which yep. is completely different completely style different. of music. Yeah, yeah. And it just means you open up your brain a little bit more and and uh, that's what the artist can be looking for creatively in the studio or on live on the gig. Yeah, yeah. You know, sounds-wise or just even note choice. See, growing mm. up where you grew up, I mean, <clears throat> that whole area is just so historically it's just so much amazing musicians and music has come out of... I just watched mm. the Eric Clapton documentary, 12. Have you seen oh, that? I haven't seen it yet. I'm, I'm really going to see it. Oh, fuck, Is man. it good? It's heavy. It's great. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I, Everyone should just <coughs> watch it straight away. I watched mm. it and, man, I was by the end of it, I was just crying. You know, it was okay. just... It was heavy and powerful and uh -huh. really honest. Mm. And... Um, but just... I, I don't know. I've always just had such a a love affair with England and London and that the music over there just comes out. It's so, it's so different to everywhere yeah. else in the world. I, yeah. Do, do you, do you get a sense of that being there or is it? I, I do actually. Yeah. yeah. You get, there's a, there's an edge to it. Right. So they take, I think they take their, their influences from the stuff that's happened over here. Yeah. And they would just put do their version of it, whether it was something in the. Actually, do you know what? Today we had this example. Today, I know this is a bit of a nerdy thing, but amplifiers here sound different to the ones the same amp back in the UK. Right. And today, our keyboard player Matt had his Rhodes. Yep. And because it's getting a different power, power, it sounded different to how it does in the UK. Betty or worse? Uh, just different. <coughs> different, It yeah. just sounds different. Yeah. Uh, but I think that difference, kind of the molecules are different and that just m means people approach it differently. Yeah, yeah. It, I know it sounds a bit <coughs> new agey and 
hippie No, definitely. I definitely agree with that. It sounds... Because, yeah, you, your amp's just getting way different power. Yeah. What are yeah. you guys... You guys over... It's 240. You, yeah, like Australia. Yeah, it sort of hovers around... Yeah, yeah, yeah so it hovers around two straight here, I mean, it's here, 110. <laughs> yeah. Fucking huge difference. Yeah. So it's obviously going to affect mm. the amp. And if you think about all the music that comes from over there and the music that comes here, mm. that's the first thing. Yeah, it's what you're you're playing to what you hear. Yeah, and and it's the climate is different. Yeah, you know people's sense of humor is different. You know the personalities so are different. different. You would you would notice it obviously straight <laughs> coming from the pond, but I find mm. that straight away just because I think we're mm. obviously the the throwaways from your land. Mm. <laughs> the yeah. Australians, the convicts, the, the, the but I have straight away. I have this connection with anyone from the Commonwealth, Canadians, right? Scots, Irish, the Poms, all yeah. that. Straight away, I just feel there's more of a a brothership, right? Yeah. The Yanks, uh, it's really different, and that it's so hard to explain to them, but they don't get it. I don't think they get it. That they're definitely way different to all of us. I would group right. us more together even though australia is way over there okay. and even the the south africans and the kiwis mm. i would group us more together and the yanks are they're a different kettle of fish it it is different i've, I've not been in a bad way not or in anything. a bad it's just way different. it's different it's different i i i was here you know before a trip you know i've been here quite a lot to la and i almost moved here I wanted wow. to move here. I wanted to do the journey that you did. I, <laughs> right. I, I wanted to move here, and I, I nearly did it. Yeah, I was looking into it because I have family here as well. I've got some relatives that live oh, here. Oh, okay. And um, but um, I, I was here. I came here to do a writing trip, and I was all on my own. Yeah. And I was staying on Sunset, and I was here for ten days. It was the loneliest ten oh. days of my life. Wow. But just because every interaction I had felt alien yeah to yeah. me and i wasn't relaxed i couldn't relax and it was almost like they weren't and you know anyone i met or was writing with just yeah. didn't connect connect with me yeah and i i equate it to having a really strange signal on your mobile phone <laughs> it's like they go it's like everything's like what was that what did you what, right. what did you say and i tried to say something stupid or fun, funny and it would just be just, completely I, lost. Yeah, yeah. And then your confidence goes, you yeah. know, oh shit, okay. It I'll. took, I think when <laughs> I moved here, a good two mm. years um, before I found my feet. Yeah. Right. It took, okay. a, it took a long time. And I had mates that were from Germany and other countries and it took them longer. Right, yeah. But once they did find their footing, you know, they were off like rockets. But yeah. it, it did take a while to get... You just gravitate towards those people. You yeah. Could, but then I found it when I've been working here with the band or doing an album with someone, yeah. it's much more relaxed because you're there's a there's a gang of you and you're interacting yeah. with a different gang yeah. and, and yeah. Uh, it's a lot easier. Wow. But, but musically... It's different. In yeah. the UK, it's different. It's way different. We take a hell of a lot of influence from American musicians. Yeah. But it just translates slightly different. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, who'd you grow up like listening to and really getting into? Who, who were your... So I started, you know, this guy, Alan Murphy, very 80s style guitar player, but he, yeah. listening to him, led me on to discovering Alan Holdsworth. Right. 
who absolute, you know, you, you just can't even, as I've heard, you know, Scott say, you, you know, no one should even have attempt yeah, yeah. To, to do that thing. But um, George Benson, right. I, I listened to George Benson. My first guitar hero really was Mark Knopfler. Oh, same here. I'm right there with really? you. Really? Yeah, right there with you. He was, um, well, bef- after, but when Dire Straits hit, yeah, I actually went out and bought a bunch of black silk shirts because I wanted to have been Mark Knopfler right. so bad. Did it? Was that his thing? Black silk shirts? He, I didn't well, he know had that. silk shirts. He came to Australia, and I remember he had these <laughs> silky-looking shirts, and I was like, "Oh fuck, man! I want to. I just want to look like that." I didn't go the headband. Right. I didn't do that, but I just wanted to anything. My playing never got even. I mean, he's so. He's to me one of the best and it's so funny yeah. when i mentioned him to bruce and scott they both they don't get it right okay they don't get it they just they turned up actually i think <laughs> scott right. was like yeah i'm not really familiar with his stuff which blew my mind mm. and then bruce is like fucking sultans of swing that song doesn't <laughs> swing at all <laughs> I, had, I had to explain to bruce i was like, bruce fucking not about he's giving you guys props i mean he's paying yeah, homage yeah, yeah. to you guys yeah yeah it's, it's not, not about he's not trying not to do that. a jazz song he's oh and the oh, guy really? grew up with rain <laughs> 365 days a year you know he's, it's that's you're right that's yeah. what i mean it translates yeah yeah it doesn't mean the same thing no he's to me he's one of the best i Sorry yeah. to cut you off, but that's all right. Uh, Nofla by far, and I was a huge Sting fan. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Big Sting fan. Peter Gabriel. Yeah, I mean, you know, all those cats were just. I, re- I remember I was like seventeen years old. I did a little, little four track demo, like, oh, you know, I did this four track demo of instrumental things because I was like, I just want to play for Sting. I just yeah. want to get a job for Sting. Yeah, and I sent it in. You know, I re- I sent it in a little jiffy bag. Wow. And it got actually quite sweetly it got sent back about two months later completely unopened. <laughs> I was like, okay, all right. Oh, okay. Bugger. But bugger. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but that you know, those things that that music was very original. Yeah. Mark Knopfler, what what a great songwriter. Oh. You know? I mean, yeah, he's I think he's I don't know, maybe in America they just in Australia mm. he was huge. Right. I don't know if it translated as big. Maybe it did. Right. I'm sure it did with people, but he's an incredible songwriter. Yeah. And his guitar playing to me is, it's people guitar playing. It can, people can get pulled in. You could, he sucks you in. Yeah. You know. It's Marmite. You either, you know, or or Vegemite. Vegemite, yeah. yeah. You either love it or hate it. But yeah, my my dad kind of started playing me Dire Straits. Yeah. You know, I was listening to sort of 80s pop stuff and U2 and things like yeah, that. And he yeah. was he's like, no, this is a real guitar player, son. <laughs> and it was Sultan's of Swing. That, you know, the, the line at the end of Sultan's of Swing, you know, the, the sort of like uh, the fast line. Yep. I'd never heard Eruption before. Right. That was the first ever first. bit of fast, speedy guitar playing I'd ever heard. And yeah, he did that when he was, that song was, I think when he was 17, does that sound Really? Right? Was that... And it was a demo. That yeah, was the yeah. fucking demo. Yeah. He wrote that song as a... <laughs> who does that? Well, that's why, he, that's why he is what he is. Yeah. You know.
fucking definitely. Funny, it's just it is funny. It's it's life, right? Yeah. What are you gonna do? Robbie Garland in the house. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> oh my god. I got a uh, now. I got a pom. Yes. Got a pommy in the house. Yes, that actually, is true. Are you at, no, we had Richard um, Smith. Do you know Richard? No. He's a well, he's a pom too. Where yeah. are you from in England? I'm from Margate, which nobody's ever heard of, no, which is a tiny no. little tiny little seaside town in the southeast um, near Dover. Okay. And then yeah. I, and then I lived in Canterbury, which some people have heard of. Yeah, yeah. And and it's about two hours southeast of London. Wow. So, yeah. So how long have you been in America? Uh, Seventeen years. And I lived in I lived wow. in um, the Midwest, St. Louis of all places, for, <laughs> okay. for, for nine years. Yeah, I like. Right. Yeah, you know what I'm going to say about that. For nine years, and then um, LA for the rest of the time. So, yeah. Wow. Well, just so the listeners know, we've been trying to catch up. I met you face to face at Nam. Nam show, yeah. And is, instantly, yeah. I felt a, a kinship. I think because you are a pom. Th- this is true. And the true, Commonwealth, yeah. I instantly feel yeah. at ease with. Yes. You know, the Englishmen, the Scots and the Irish. Yeah, yeah. Instead of these fucking Yanks. Right, right. How do you and, feel about the New Zealanders? Oh, same with them. We had um, Neil uh, Grandview, Grandview, Grandview on the other week. Right, right. And Gravy chap. Yeah, yeah and yeah. just same thing. Yeah. You know, as Susie sat on the couch, I was doing, you know, your fuck sheep jokes. Yeah, and, yeah. But you got to. You know, rude not to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he was giving it back as hard yeah, as I yeah, was giving right. it. That's and it was sh- like. That's what the sheep said. But inst- yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Instantly yeah. mateship there. and yeah. But we met and I just, we've been trying to catch up for we have. fucking how long. Yeah. Since then. Since yeah, then. Yeah. Since then. And we've been just trying to have a beer. Yeah. And then I was like, well. At this point, I just come on the show. And, and we can we'll have fucking, a beer now. We so, can have a chat and I yeah. can learn about what you're doing, what your backstory is, and yeah. everyone else can too. Because I didn't realize, I didn't put the two together until I got home from Nam that day and went, oh, that's the guy off True Fire. Right. Yeah. I had no fucking idea. Yeah. So I was really stoked that you were a fan of Guitar Wank. I love Guitar Wank. And yeah. then I was even more stoked that I could, you know, go and watch your videos on True Fire and... How many? You've got like three, four? Yeah. Uh, cor- yeah, I've got some court. Uh, how many courses? Have we got? Three courses. Right. And then I, I have like a bunch of other stuff in a classroom and a channel, artist channel. And, and then I do tutorial stuff and live YouTube stuff for them sometimes. Wow. And articles for the magazine and stuff. So I'm pretty involved with them. Yeah. Generally, yeah. You know? They're kicking ass, man. Oh, they're great. Yeah. Such a, yeah. I'm a, I, I, I'm a year subscriber. Yeah. And yeah. when I'm working doing mundane shit, I just have videos on in the background. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. And I'm hoping that shit will seep into my subconscious and I'll be a better player because I don't get a lot of time to sit <laughs> like, down and... Like the hypnosis. Right. Like learning by hypnosis. Yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah. that's my theory <laughs> on yeah. that shit. But yeah. you guys kill it. Um, so you, you've been here 17 years. I've been yeah. here 20. Oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah. come in 97. Right. And... Um, I went to MI for a little bit. That's great. Where did you do what? Why did you come to America? Oh, well, my wife was from um, New Orleans. And, oh, then, okay. and then I met her in St. Louis. Right. Um, I've seen a friend. And then, you know, one thing led to another and I ended up ended up moving here. So, so you come out you know. for the woman. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And what were you doing in back in uh, England? Be- in England before that, I was, so I went, I went to college and then I was just playing in bands and teaching guitar, which is pretty much what I've been doing since college. And now <laughs> right. I'm playing in bands and teaching guitar. In right. St. Louis, I was playing in bands and teaching guitar. There's a theme 
developing, you know. Right. But I had a I had a trio in St. Louis, and we used to we used to play through the middle and the south. So I got to see the real America. Wow. Mm, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's trippy, isn't it? it? Well, what's trippy is is you meet people that are from here or they've only lived in California and you, then you see, oh, yeah, there's a bubble. There's definitely a bubble. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm happy to be in it. But, yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Every time I've, I've gone in that direction, I mean, like, we're all the same everywhere in the yeah. world. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you meet beautiful people and great people everywhere and like anywhere everyone's great whatever but then you meet the crazy yeah and it just some and some of those places it's a lot more prevalent yeah it is yeah. I, I think it's because they only have themselves for company in some of those places they don't really get out much yeah, you know? yeah. And, and they don't get out either of their own town let alone their own state or their own country yeah you know? i think that's got a lot to do with it now you would have been a um uh, like a a, a bit of a celebrity being a pom out there, right, with the accent well, and stuff. Or yeah, not? I don't know. If, I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's celebrity as much as irritating because <laughs> because I would be like we'd be playing all these shows, right? <laughs> right. And, and like the trio used to do about two hundred gigs a year. Right? We'd be constantly playing, and and I would be, uh, you know, we'd get we'd be on break or something. And I'd say, I really need a glass of water. You know, it's like 100 degrees in one of these places, you know, these roadhouse places. I really need a glass of water. And they'd be like, what? You know, I really need a glass of water. And then eventually I'm like, water! You know, like, so it was kind of irritating that they couldn't understand a word I was saying. Right. You know. But they love the accent? They did love the accent yeah. when, they, when they could understand it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So do you get that? Did you get much of that? I, yeah, I do. I used to get it more. I, I think, obviously, it's watered down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. You know, you, you, you fall into that, that trap of... One thing, I, one thing I do get here, which, which you appreciate, is sometimes I'll start talking to someone and they'll say, oh, I have a friend who's Australian. <laughs> which you... I get that all the time. Like, oh, we're about in England. <laughs> right, right, right exactly. Yeah. Uh, I just go with it, though. Yeah. You know, I'm like Sydney, mostly. You know, so. I, some, I've, I used to go, because people instantly apologize. Oh, I'm so sorry. Right, right. Like, you, like you're going to punch him. Now I play that up. Like, yeah. oh, you motherfucker. How yeah, do you, yeah. Like, yeah, it's disgusting. You it's should like, really how do you it. even compare me to those people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, um, yeah, I do. Now and then I, I get that. I used to get it a lot more, I think. Yeah. And, and you work it. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. that's, yeah. I, I actually enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, you have to. You have to. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> Enjoy yeah. it. It's like... You play it up. It's it's really cool you went to MI because when I was a kid, um, you know, growing up in England, we we'd have you know guitar player and mm -hmm. gu guitarist and guitar techniques like the British versions of those and everything. And like GIT was the hallowed. I mean, I would have loved to have gone to that, but wasn't it, was, it the know, shit? It was the, I don't to know. me. It looked like it was in yeah. those. You know, like that was what we we sort of dreamt about back then. You know, I mean, bear in mind that's like pre-internet. So, or at least it was new, you know, yep. so there's, there wasn't all this stuff available, you know. Yeah. Just, just, you could just basically get one of those Hot Licks VHS tapes, Magaz right? Yeah. <laughs> Which mag I loved. But. The magazines, I remember like looking to uh, GOT and when I made the decision, like I sent away and they sent me a video cassette, oh, cool. yeah. the VHS cassette yeah. that was showed you about the school and everything. And then I filled out all the forms and... Did the audition tape, yeah. thinking I had to do something really good because you had to be really talented to get in the school. Yeah. And that had 
fuck all to do with it because it was all about your bank balance and see i didn't know that at the time because I, I probably could have gone because i just thought it, you had to be at a certain level because i would always think oh these people came out of got like paul gilbert or yeah you know, right so i just thought that's what they wanted you know yeah. going in and stuff but it was yeah. i mean for the longest time i didn't i didn't actually tell anyone i was from got right because there was definitely there for a while there was a stigma yeah, yeah. about a oh, GIT student, you're all the fucking same kind of thing. Right, right, right. So I definitely didn't tell people for the longest time, but I think all that's definitely that's past now. Oh yeah, it's definitely. But past back now. then it was it was weird, man. When we got there, I remember well completely being out of my element being in Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what the fuck am I doing here? But I went to MI and just they gave you the speech and, you know, it was a sales pitch. Mm-hmm. The school was, I always heard that the school was so much better back in the day. The teachers were still amazing. I mean, I got to hang with Scott Henderson. Yeah, I got exactly. to hang with all these phenomenal teachers that were just badass. Yeah. So you couldn't get that anywhere else. But just the school itself was, eh, it was very money oriented, I felt. Yeah. Um, I was I was supposed to be there for a year and I was there for three months and then I stopped. Yeah. Um, I did like a on-call program and pulled out. Yeah. And then I quit guitar. <laughs> oh, did you really? I oh. did. I, I I got so so confused and um, down on everything. One, not only I was I went through my money so quick here because yeah. obviously when I come from Australia and I landed in America, at the time instantly my money went from. $20,000 to $10,000. Plus, at that time, cocaine was really expensive. And cocaine was super expensive. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. the hookers, that was, yeah. I mean, yeah, forget, forget about it. it. There's, there's your budget. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, just, I just remember walking around the halls of MI just thinking, ah, fuck it. I'm hearing people practice scales and people are talking flat Lydian five and blah, 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 and all this bullshit. Right. And I just, it's like, this is not why I got into music. Yeah, sure. And I, I think I had to step away and I bummed around Hollywood for a long time and tried to work out why did I get the music. And it was Neil Diamond and it was right, the right, Beatles. Right. It was songs. Sure, yeah. And it was that. And then I come back to it and then yeah. obviously went back into fucking guitar and yeah, yeah, yeah. flat five Lydia's <laughs> right, and, right, right. Right. Sure. and all that shit. But at the time it was a, it was really weird. It was a weird time. Yeah. Timing is everything yeah. with, with being in the mood to, to learn and stuff. Like, you know, it's kind of, I often think that the sort of discipline and, and mental, um, you know, like the curiosity I have now about when I want to learn something, I have to know how it works and I have to, I wish I had that when I first started playing, but right? I really, I really didn't. No. You know, I have to say I didn't. Like I was, I was, you know, once, well, you know, it's probably the same for you in England. Um, you know, once you discover beer and early, <laughs> and it was young there, I mean, that's what you do, right? You, it, it you know, beer leads to talking to girls yep. and, and then like, you know, and then 15 years have gone by and I'm just a, Right, yeah. and then so you're it's like, like it, yeah. it, it's weird. In a little, in, in some ways, I wish I'd had a bit more discipline at the start. You know, yeah. the discipline came later. Well, but, see, uh, I felt like I had yeah. discipline, but I was learning shit, but not retaining it. Yeah, as because I didn't care. I was like, I, I just need to learn this to show my teacher to get onto the next stuff, right, and keep moving right, forward. Right. But I'm, I'm the same. I'm, I'm recently going back and picking up and going over simple shit. Yeah. 
that I felt like I missed or didn't get under my fingers or right. didn't understand. Right. You know, I'm like, oh my God, okay, I get that now. I was like, before I wasn't interested. I just wanted to get laid, get drunk and get paid. <laughs> right, right, And play right. lots of gigs. Right. And that was it. Yeah. And that's all I cared about. And as much as I still care about those things immensely, <laughs> yeah. I can't do them as much. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all of them, no, unfortunately. No. It's funny though. I remember when I, when I first started taking lessons, um, I was about 15, 14, 15. Yep. My friend and I both got our guitars the same, the same time. Mine was a... Um, from a, a British company called Axe, right? And it was this, <laughs> and it was this bright red guitar, and it had the word Axe in huge letters. And the action was, like, you know, about two inches off the guitar. It was a piece of crap. Yep. But um, I love that guitar, you know. But <laughs> it was horrible. I mean, it was so bad. <laughs> I, mean, but, I mean, it's funny. Like now, kids get like a really nice set up, well set up guitar, and it's it's like plays great. You I mean, know, where do you go from but, there, but, right? Yeah. But anyway, so, but the teachers at the time, I had a couple of teachers and it's odd. They would show me very specific things like, oh, here's a cool arpeggio. But for the longest time, I didn't know what to do with it. You yeah. know, there was no musical application. That was the problem for me, right. you know. That. And then I got into bands and that made a huge difference. That, that was the thing, know? right? That was the thing, yeah. See, my old man plays guitar. Oh, cool. But he was always like, um, he grew up idolizing the Shadows. Right. The Everly Brothers. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And so he was kind of in groups like that, lots of vocals, lots yeah. of just bar chords and simple stuff and some Shadows guitar yeah. playing. So I learned a little bit off him, but then when I went, finally went to a real teacher, you know, it, it all changed and I got very serious very quickly. And, but, yeah, man, I didn't, I didn't knuckle down. I mean, I felt like I did. I put in the hours, but yeah. I didn't. I was just... Yeah, I was looking for to get laid, get paid, yeah, and play. Exactly. You know? Yeah, well, no, and drunk. I, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know? yeah. yeah. And now I look back, and I don't know if you're the same, but I look at well, True Fire. Yeah. Oh my God! If I was fourteen. Yeah, but you see, the thing is, I don't know if if when I was fourteen, I don't know if my attention would have been held then. You, you know, because it's point. like, yeah, you know, it, it's. Um, I do remember getting this. Uh, do you remember in the back of the guitar magazine that they had note for note? It was called note for note, I think. Yeah, and it was a cassette, and the first one I got was the. Blizzard of Oz, the Ozzy Osbourne Blizzard of Oz, right? Because I wanted to learn the Randy Rose solos note for note. Yeah. And, and that's the only thing I think I ever learned note for note for about, from oh, then, for wow. about, like, because then I just started writing songs. I, did, I had no interest in learning things note for note for years. Yeah. But that was the one that I wanted to get. So I did that, you know, like constantly rewinding the cassette, you know, and, and learned the, <laughs> the Randy Rose solos. The only but time I it, ever learned know. something note for note, I was dating this girl and we were early on in the relationship. You know, I was... I was trying to score and I'll get I'd say there's there. a theme developing. Here, there was a yeah, theme, yeah, yeah. It was definitely yeah. women-orientated. <laughs> but she said to me, oh, my my brothers, she had two brothers, older brothers. She said, oh, my brother knows how to play Hotel California. Oh, yeah. He does the solo in Hotel California. Right, right. And that freaked me out so much. I was like, oh, man, i got to learn this. So I learned the solo, nailed it, had it down, everything. And then I find out that he barely knew the chords. Oh, yeah. But it was, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the w women were always inspiration that, that's for the true. longest that's time. That's point, yeah. No, I, I knew friends like that. They could play these very specific, usually like metal songs, they could play very specific yep. solos and parts. But then if you said to them, let's jam over a blues, they'd be completely lost. Yeah. You know? It's like, what, what do you mean? You know, <laughs> can I use my E minor pentatonic? If I'm in, if we're an E. <laughs> so did yeah. you, you started off, you started off with teacher. Did you get 
serious pretty quick or was well, a while? it was I played a lot it wasn't that I was right. I thought I was necessarily serious but I picked the guitar up constantly that was the thing with me you know like, and at that time I was really like it was it was the rock guys for me Gary Moore was the big one and then like I loved okay. Van Halen yeah um, I loved Jakey Lee that was a big one for me yeah. like, like you know Badlands first album huge and uh, you know and, and so and I loved Queen I was a huge still am you know huge yeah. Queen fan so those were the guys um, you know, and like uh, a little bit later, Clapton. But I, but once I heard Beck, he sort of blew Clapton away from me. Like I was like Jeff Beck was my guy then. You know, like there was something about he, he always sounded like he was right on the edge, which I loved. You know, right. like, Clapton yep. seemed too safe after that. If that yep. makes, I mean, he's, he's great, obviously. Yeah, Clapton, yeah. But you know what I mean? Like I loved the energy of Beck. I just thought, man, that's that's just you know. And and so at that point, I was interested in. Just, but really, at that time, I don't really remember learning much theory or, or, or much of anything except for like just just some technique stuff and then just writing my own songs. You know, for like so you for would... the first two years, I just wrote songs based around like oh, wow. simple stuff that okay. I, I was hearing. Did you, you know? sing as well? Uh, <laughs> I do, and and got a lot better. But at that time, I I just can only imagine what that must have sounded like. You know, in fact, my my um in England, a lot of the homes are what they call semi-detached, so you share one wall with the neighbours. Yeah, my my yeah. parents' um, neighbours on that shared the wall with my bedroom stopped talking to them for 10 years, um, I think because of my songwriting as a child. <laughs> so that's a true story. Really? Yeah, about 10 years. Oh, my God. And then God. funnily enough, like, when I was moving on, they... They, uh, you know, they came back around. So, so uh, wow, probably just a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so know, you were, yeah. you were very much the band guy, like in amongst it. Yeah, I, I was in bands like a couple of years into playing, and I didn't really know what I was doing. I was doing mostly by ear. Yeah. First band was called the Cosmic Angels, which, <laughs> and the first gig I ever played was a biker festival, and I was terrified. Oh Absolutely, wow. like freaking out. And I'm amazed that my parents let me do it because it was, it was on the weekend. <laughs> of the A-levels, which was the big, you know, big test in the school in England, you know, like it, it sort of determines your future. And I yep. said, but I want to get in a van and drive for six hours and play this biker festival. And then I'll come back and do the test like first thing the next day. And they were cool with it, which I was. Oh, your parents are amazing. Of, yeah, I was amazed that they were cool with it, but it That's worked out all right. So cool. But, yeah. So that was the first gig, but I was terrified, you know. So at what point did it change for you where it's like, oh, I need to, I want to get more. What, it was, it was, so then I joined a band, like I, I went to about, you know, like you do about 10 bands. Yeah. We used to go to this pub and it was like a rock and roll pub, right? And it was, I mean, I think back now, and I can't believe but we're like 14 in this pub and, <laughs> and like everybody in the pub is wearing denim and leather yeah. you know like there's even a guy wearing like leather chaps which is a brave choice you know <laughs> like, I mean he did have he did have pants on underneath it wasn't like David Lee Roth no, right but, chapless, but, but, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there was no bare ass but uh, <laughs> thankfully but uh, yeah it was uh, you know so there, it was all like a rock scene around that so everyone was in bands sharing band members and stuff like that you know like oh we need a guitar player or whatever yeah. but then I answered an ad in the paper and I got with a band that the guys in the band were much older than me. They were good players and I was completely out of my depth. And that was great, you know, and that is really the first thing that happened to me that made me really need to improve, uh, okay. you know, and yeah. they, there was a lot of funk in that band. And, and it was, it was weird. It was a, it was a funk band, original music. And they also played like stuff that was like that sort of early Brit pop 
kind of stuff as well you know so right. it's kind of a weird mix of stuff uh and and a lot of styles that i wasn't very good at yep. so i had to figure it out pretty quick now know? were you doing like um because i know back in australia i did i did the whole to, to make a living at the wedding scene yeah 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 cabaret gigs and like did you yeah. do that too? i did that i did that a little later i started yep. doing that yeah 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 and i did that in the i did that when i moved to the midwest i used to do all the casinos the wineries the clubs the, the right. whole thing you know yeah i had a, i had a, like a house gig at the ritz carlton there and one it was really cool aretha franklin walked in one time and, and i'm singing and i'm like oh no why am i singing and, and like she, she was wearing sweatpants because <laughs> she just she just played some big gig in town right and she walks in she stopped and she's staring at me and i'm singing and i'm th i can't remember what i was singing but i was thinking oh this is you know i, I need oh to stop God. singing right now because i'm staring at aretha franklin you know it's like what a fucking yeah, trip yeah she smiled though she was friendly so <laughs> But, uh, yeah. I mean, seriously, what do you do at that point? Yeah, what do you do? There's what nothing you could do, you know. Nothing. I certainly was not going to go for, you know, like some vocal run. That would have <laughs> been a, a horrible thing to do, you know. I think so, that's the worst thing yeah, you can do, uh, Yeah, it? I think I probably sang very quietly at that point, yeah. you know, until she, until she moved on. Remember when I think uh, you and Scott were talking about Landau? Uh oh. Uh, yeah, here we go. And um, you guys were like, "Yeah, why the fuck?" I mean, to play um, what's his name, uh, James Taylor type stuff, and yeah. what he tours with James. I mean, not overly, you know, crazy for a guy like Landau. Yeah, it's probably a walk in the park, you know. Um, but anyway, Ed writes in, he's like, gents, I went to see Bonnie Raitt and James Taylor concert in New Orleans the other night. Got treated to tons of great guitar playing, Bonnie's voice and tone. She is so I good. love Bonnie. Oh my God. I mean, she's, she's the shit. She's great. She's amazing. I love her. I think she's so badass. She would have been so hot too when she was younger. Same pictures. 
<laughs> Control yourself, Troy. <laughs> I'm just Sarah will be back in a few days. Yeah, she's <laughs> phrasing Stella. Anyway, she was great. And uh, her guitarist was George Morant. You know I'm going to fuck this up. Morant? I can't even say it. Anyway, he sounds like an Italian. What's this making? Anyway, they were using Dr. Z's. That's cool. Uh, anyway, for James Taylor, Mike Landau was fucking amazing, he's saying. Um, so why wouldn't you have... Why would you not have the best cats interpret that stuff? Well, I guess they oh, are. Oh, I don't. I don't disagree with James Taylor having them. Right. What he, my you missed my point. It's like to play that music. There's a million guys that could do it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and do it well, and tear it up. You know, maybe not to the level of Mike Landau. You you know, but in a different way, tear yeah. it up. Yeah. But Mike Landau. I just me me as just a jealous, <laughs> selfish person. <laughs> I would like to hear Mike Landau leading his own band and not playing Fire and Rain or you know what I mean. You got a friend. Sorry, you know what I mean. <laughs> You've got a friend. <laughs> Sorry, you know what I mean. That's just my. I'd like to hear Larry Goldings, which he's not even in that band anymore because he went out with John Mayer, which is you know. But I'd like to hear Larry Goldings with his band with Peter Bernstein and Bill Stewart because to me. He has an amazing voice that the world needs to hear. No, it's sorry that they go out and they make X grand a week <laughs> playing with, or a day playing with James Taylor. Yeah. And like, you know, to get to book their own band, there's not enough of us that will support a Mike Landau tour to the level of that. And to make it worth his while to go in that direction, same with Larry Goldings or somebody. Yeah. So that, that was my original point. It was yeah. not that James... Is a dumb fuck if he doesn't hire the best guys in the world. Oh, for sure. Of course, because... You know, I'm not... And, and, and James, I got to say, of all those kinds of leaders, you know, a lot of those people are insecure in the stars. James is very generous with sharing the spotlight with his guys. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. And, you know, I wish it translated back so that, wow, all these people on all these James Taylor tours, now we can siphon off a Mike Landau tour and we can get some other guy with James you know what I mean and I wish that James people, management people would say hey look everybody's digging Mike why don't we make him the opening act right yeah, pay him just that, as much you know what I'm saying it doesn't work like that for some reason well, I don't you know, know to me that's I'm yeah. just saying what I would like to see in a perfect yeah, world I agree and I don't think I'm wrong here no I don't think you're wrong at all I, I don't know if this guy's even disagreeing with me but no he's he just pointing out he was just saying that how amazing it was you know and Jeff Babco I know Jeff and Jeff's friggin ridiculous yeah, Steve Gadd oh, on know, drums yeah. Jimmy Johnson on oh, Jesus you know I mean I'd just rather hear monsters. that band off on their own and you know because yeah. Lord knows James could get 150 people that could play that good great uh, Jeff Babco is a yeah, he's amazing and keys. Jeff's a great guy too. Him and his I'd like to hear Scott doing that music. What's that? I'd like to hear Scott on that. <laughs> <laughs> Scott doing James Taylor. He I don't he couldn't do it. You don't think so? Well, not that he couldn't. He just wouldn't do it. He would never do it. You could offer him, all right, Scott, we're gonna pay you sixty grand for this two week tour. He'd, he'd, do, nah, it. he'd, he'd do it? He'd do it. Yeah. Okay, you know I'm better than I do. You probably would. But he could he let his whammy bar go? He didn't have to. He could just probably play it with it. <laughs> oh man, I I would love to have. I'm such a huge fan of Raging Honkies. Again, if you don't know that album, fucking go buy it. It is some of the best 
It's a great record. Oh my god, the tones on that thing. I ah, it just blows me away every single time. It's so good. Mike Lando, if you're listening, come on the fucking show. Come and have a beer. He doesn't care. He I'm sure he does. He doesn't care. He's you know, he doesn't He's care. a big rock star. Get on your mic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Go on and play some more fire and rain. I'm gonna transcribe your solo. <laughs> I'm sure someone listening knows Mike. Hey, Mike, they'll dissing you on the guitar wank. You should go on there and kick their ass. Yeah, Mike, you should. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to find out how to get Eddie Van Halen on the show. I don't know how I'm going to do that. If anyone knows Eddie. <coughs> right? Yeah, right. Right. That's, Another star. What does he know? Someone, I, I got, um, I think I pissed off a few people. Someone posted... Who's done more for guitar than out of these two players? Jimi Hendrix and Eddie Van Halen. I just thought it was a fucking stupid question. Right. Like, who gives a fuck? They've done both amazing things. Why would you even compare two totally different players? And just, they've done equally amazing shit. Right. And, and by what metric are you even gauging that statement? So I was right. It was a stupid fucking question. That w- well, yeah. I mean, it, it's fun. It's like, okay... What weighs more? <laughs> a thousand ton of feathers or a thousand ton of water? <laughs> you know, or, you know, what, you know, what weighs more? Elizabeth Taylor or Richard Burton's balls? I don't know. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I mean, who cares in the first place? But more importantly, I mean, Jimi Hendrix came along. I mean, without Jimi Hendrix, there is no Eddie Van Halen. Exactly. So, so that question's gone there. But then again... The, the people that Jimi Hendrix in the world was like this big when Jimi Hendrix did his thing. By the time Eddie Van Halen did it, the world was this big. So the, the, the amount of numbers of people that were affected by it are exponentially bigger, you know? So, I mean, what, what's your metrics here? What, what's the point of that question? It's like, oh, do you want us to say Eddie ain't shit and Jimmy's great? Or do you want us to say, like, what, you know, and, and the truth is, is without Jimmy bringing the sex to the guitar, yeah, people right. wouldn't have noticed his guitar playing anyways. Let's get the reality, just like Elvis Presley. No one would have noticed his singing or anything if he didn't start gyrating his hips. <laughs> and he was flirting <laughs> with the audience. And it I was, did, I did, you just said gyrating, which I love that you said that, but that's just a word I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> he, that's what he was doing, he was gyrating. Gyrating, those kids... Devil's music, that's what it was. Right, right, right. And so he did that, and he started flirting with the audience, and they all went nuts. You know what I mean? So as much as the music, which was nothing, which not nothing, but which was heavily derivative of Little Richard and everything oh, yeah. that was already they going on. <laughs> and then Jimi Hendrix comes along, and he's playing rock and roll great, like everybody else, like, like the great guys are. But what does he do? He fucks the guitar yeah. and he fucks the audience with it yeah you know what i mean he took it to that level and as great as his playing was what made Jimi hendrix and what turned the rock and roll world on its ear and still enabled eddie van halen who kept that going and prince is the fuck thing is the sex thing it's not the guitar thing we're a bunch of nerds and we can't see past a past a C chord or a G chord but the reality of the world and the way they were affected by it it was way more visceral and in soon, again back to we it shows how we don't even understand the power of what we're dealing with or how to deal with it 
I've got a question for you. Now, wow. don't I'm getting deep here. <laughs> I hope you don't put this on. What's <laughs> going on? I hope hey, you don't put hey, this on. Hey, please. Just, this is like some serious stuff. Just here. think about this for a thesis. second. What if, what if just you, just have an open mind, just for a What if you, at one of your jazz gigs, you fuck the audience with your guitar? What if you take it down that road? You gyrate and you fuck the audience with your jazz guitar bebop playing. No, no. I believe what I'm going to have to do (laughs) is incorporate the reality of sex into my red guitar show. (laughs) And you're laughing. No, I I love it. I believe, but not in a, you know, not like where I pull my dick out and do it, but where I actually, well, that too, maybe. But no, 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 are you no gonna, where, where I work. You're going to do the red guitar where, and a couple are going to fuck next to you. Oh, that would be okay. No, no, but the thing is, is how many of us really started playing this thing? I'm, ladies and gentlemen, I'm holding a Sunburst Les Paul right now. In 1967. I, it, it is a what? It's not. It's like a... It's a reissue. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, no one else knows. <laughs> yeah. Anyways... <laughs> And and they we played it to get laid. We played it to get. Some of us did. Yeah. Some of us, not all of. Uh, I I did. I would say that I that was a big motivator in me. Okay, so but hold it. Then you switch, played you played jazz switch, in my switch. But my, no, to play the guitar. Uh. My switch to the guitar from classical piano was like my. You weren't getting laid playing classical piano. <laughs> Man, I was pretty young. I wasn't getting laid doing anything. Okay, <laughs> look, if I had as much, if I had as much money as Bill Gates, I probably couldn't have gotten laid. But <laughs> it was against the law at that point. But uh, no, but I mean, you know, the guitar seemed like it had more of a community. Girls liked it, you know, and da 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 da. And then when I, of course, found jazz music, I was past that point right. of using it for that. You'd already been but, laid. But that was that was a that was a thing that ultimately the sex of it and then oh, the yeah. guitar itself it's like it's phallic but it's feminine it's and you caress it the way you hold a woman i mean this is like or a woman the way a woman holds a man you know even a woman playing this is very it's the same thing and come on you know this is the reality of it and yeah. and the guitar's history and, and again, I hope I'm not blowing this because this is all going to be part of a eventual red guitar show. It's not in it now, but um, I have been obviously thinking about this, <laughs> and I'm just obviously drunk enough to share it with the world. Um, I think it's great. The guitar in its inception, <clears throat> back when it was invented in as a as a uh, offshoot of the lute, you know, and you know, in Spain, mm-hmm. what was it used for? These guys would serenade girls. They would tell stories. How, why? Why does laid. anybody do that? To get laid. To you make love. Yeah. It's, you know, I mean, it's the, it's the way the society propagates. <laughs> you know, and so the guitar, <laughs> the guitar has a, because of its mobile and bedroom intimacy... It was mobile qualities in its bedroom intimacy, and yet its ability to be like a piano of sorts, you know, to play harmony for a singer or to play melody and harmony together. It's a natural for, for, for that. It's, it's always been its history. It's just it took Elvis to flirt and Jimmy to fuck with it, you yeah. know. But, I mean, it was always deep, deep in the DNA was the courtship sexuality 
you know, people wanting it, guys who weren't good at good at weren't good at sports, guys who weren't good at hunting could play the guitar and get laid. Way back centuries ago. So let's not, you know, let's not you know, even though this this repressed society, we're supposedly smart and we, we watch porn and everything, we can't even talk about this shit because it's like it's too Oh, can we talk risky. about porn? No, porn is like <laughs> porn is like so below this. Right. Yeah, of course. But yeah, but people are willing to look at porn, you know, in their privacy, but they won't they can't talk about like that the guitar equals sex. I, and I got I, I got kids at a university that are chasing down this thing. And they either are unaware of it or we're not able to discuss it because it's like you know, it's not the mu you know what I mean, it's not music school stuff. It's sociological stuff. Mm. Which we're supposed to somehow I guess cut up doesn't get sexy when you I don't I don't understand it. I, but all I'm saying is that there will be a guitar red guitar element about sex. It's just not now. Is that gonna be uncomfortable for the audience? I don't care. Good. See, there you go. We're getting somewhere. You don't care. See, this is a good session, Bruce. But you know, yeah, but but I mean I haven't gotten there yet. You know what I mean? I said that, but can I prove it? I think you can. I don't know. So I mean. when is the next red guitar? Let me think. I think it might be retired. No, uh, it's Carmel, right? Yeah, this weekend. If you're in <laughs> yes, there's one in Carmel Valley this weekend, folks. And the red guitar is very mobile, so any help in finding a home for this, I'm not going to pull the Facebook game, poor me, no one likes me. You're just going to do it on... on I'm just saying, hey, look, the red guitar is very portable, can play house concerts, and it's only one person, so the economics of this can work. Uh, anybody has some ideas... You know where to find me. Uh, let's make it happen. You should. I actually said to people. I'm not, you know, I think grassroots community, you know, we're all community together here. You know, let's, let's see if this works. Do a red guitar. You could do a red guitar anywhere. I'd like to do another one here. We should, we should do it here. We should do another one here yeah. and just get a list of people but that want to hear it. Maybe we should go live. Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe not. You know, I just kind of like the community thing. You right, want to okay. see it? Well, we'll get, you know, you got to fucking but, get your ass over here. I got to right. get my ass over here. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Okay. Yeah, I love you. Know, we'll make it so easy for you. Yes, we'll, we'll not only like hold your pee pee while you pee, but we'll wiggle <laughs> it and then we'll flush the toilet too. And we'll put the t lid down. Come on, guys. Oh, man. Come on, take a pee like a man. <laughs> you know, or don't quit sitting on the fucking toilet. You know when I when I ripped on that on that I think it was might have been Premier Guitar or some some music store or something that posted that Jimmy and Van Halen question and I was actually on a plane coming back from New York and they delayed the plane. We're sitting on the tarmac for they just told us that we're you going to be sitting the for worst another. I do have the worst fucking United Airlines. Go fuck karma. yourselves. Who? But United, United Airlines. Oh, they're they're fucking useless. But. After they told me, so everyone's on their phone on the airplane and I'm just getting madder and madder. And I see that question. And I'm like, what a fucking stupid question this is. <laughs> and whatever post can I fucking just, I was just taking it out on Facebook. Mm. Oh, did you like? No, I, could, I stopped. I turned it off because I'm going to say shit. I'm going to regret the next day. You know, when you're drunk and you say shit on Facebook and then you look at the next day and you see all these <laughs> negative comments like, wow, you're an asshole. And... <laughs> Oh man, you gotta drunk posting. Never do it. Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. But um, 
There you go. There you go, people. We've, we've learned something tonight. We were scot-free. We, we, we made it scot-free, and, and we've got a lot here. I don't know if you're going to use any of this. You probably yeah, won't. use a lot. Because it was really pretty boring without not. Scott, I know. But uh, <laughs> I did my best to be irascible, to be irreverent, and to be uh, irritated. I, you know what I actually would like to do was... I'm not going to do this, but I, I think do of it. it. What? Are you going to have Scott by himself and then like put them together? <laughs> I think no. that would be a good thing. No, I thought about all the silly, funny comments. I wish we had. Have, I wish I had been taking them out and do a, a reel, like a, a gag reel of all your jokes and all that stuff. And it'd be all the same joke repeated, repeated over and over again. Yeah, right, right. I do that. You know. <laughs> but it would be a good thing. But there's no way I'm going to go through 80 That's episodes. Too much. It's too much work. Yeah, unless but you someone could pays over me. this and just pull that shit out. That's still a lot of work. Okay. Well, you know, all I can say <laughs> Until is we get paid by the big bucks. Man. Yeah. And we are looking for sponsors. Are we? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I don't know. Who, what, yeah. Bruce, tell me what guests we've got coming up. Oh, well, we've still got Richard McDonald. Richard, is that Michael f- McDonald's brother? Yes. All he's, right. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's actually the C- uh, not the CEO. He's the vice president of Fender product. Vice president. He he runs. He's like the CEO dude. Owns everything. Runs everything. There's two vice presidents. One runs all the products. Yeah. And one's the accountant dude. And we're getting the products guy. Can he bring the the Paisley Tally in for me to check he out? Probably could. We could ask him. Um, that's not going to be a problem. Awesome. I mean, I'm sure you could you could just go visit him and see it there. I yeah, can, that's easy. Um, we got him coming. We want the guys from Quilter. They're coming. Quilter, yeah. Uh, we want Josh Smith. He's going to be coming. Josh will come in. Uh, we want Troy Dexter. He's coming. Dexter, in. Dexter's actually and Dexter's got a show coming up in October, I think. Yeah, you know, so we'll get him in. Get Dexter in. Uh, Hopefully, we'll get a lot of other guys. I mean, you know, we're not being exclusive, folks. I mean, it's believe it or not. It's I know scheduling. You're all, I know all these wonderful. Get this guy. Get this guy. <laughs> Most of these people don't want to hang out with us, and the ones that <laughs> and the ones that do are not available when we do it. You know, you don't. You you know, and it's, and basically, the thing. The, uh, basically, this show is just about. A couple of geezers rant, ranting and heckling with a with their pet Australian. So, you know, I mean, if if that's not a good enough a podcast, you can go ahead and start your own. Because you know what, Bruce has been. There's been an intervention, and my new life coach has told me <laughs> not to give a shit. <laughs> Don't give a shit. <laughs> Actually, there was a post on another post. I'm fucking. I spent too much time on Facebook, obviously, but there was a post where they asked. Uh, it was the Guitar Sanctuary, you know, the Guitar Sanctuary. Oh yeah, yeah, those and, guys. In they're in, in Texas, Dallas, somewhere. Are they? Yeah, yeah. Just out of Dallas. We should do a guitar wank there. I know we've been talking I'd with them. I'd love to do it. Call we, them up. We, Work it out, yeah. man. God, but they said, Troy, you're falling down. You're just sitting on the tarmac on United and you're not I getting back been, together. I could have been connecting been, people. And said you were drunk and you're like oh. posting. Hey, I didn't say I was drunk. You did. No, I didn't. You did. Really? Yeah. I wasn't. I should have been drunk. Well, then. But anyway, Guitar Sanctuary listed. They said, what pod guitar podcasts are people listening to or something? And they listed us, Guitar Wank. 
And um, what's the No Guitar Is Safe? You did that one, no, right? That's a good one. With yeah. uh, Jude, Jude Gold? Gold, yeah. Should we have Jude on? I'd love to. Let's have Jude on because he's had every fucking guitar player there is on that show because he's it's Guitar Player Magazine, right? I think that's a great idea. Yeah, we should have Jude on. I'd just love and, to and he- have him talk about podcasting. And we had the other guys, Pete and Tim. Yeah, we, we could have Jude on just getting to talk about all the players that he's interviewed. Then we don't have to have any other guests. There you go. See, see what I'm thinking about here. But you know, I can spell all the other guitar players' names, including well, Jude Gold. You can spell them. Yeah. So then you don't have to have anybody because I can spell all their names. What do you mean? Well, I mean, <laughs> just that he's had. I mean, I'm just taking your your logic one step further <laughs> and saving us a lot of time. Well, there you go. We could do that. <laughs> he's had everyone. I'll Somebody, have... please write an email and explain that joke to Troy. <laughs> oh. But hold it. <laughs> uh, no one's going to listen to this episode. <laughs> no, no, I don't blame them. This is the episode. This is the Scott Free episode. And this just... is the end of the Scott Free three hour zone or two hour zone. Sorry, folks. But, you know, sometimes, again, if you send your check in and, and I'll go down and, and, and save him. Donations. Yeah, we got to go down and we got to... He's being held hostage, like right. I say, by an agent and a bunch of angry concert goers in Brazil. And so we have to... A lot of good guitar players in Brazil, too. I guess we got to send me down to go save him. Have you been in Brazil? No, but oh. uh, hopefully our people will send us. Send oh, me. We went to Brazil. That's one place I've always wanted oh, to Oh, my God. We went to Brazil and we played like the equivalent David Letterman show there in Brazil. Yeah. And they made us, it was a weird setup. They made the band set up in the audience. So I'm standing in the audience. And I swear to God, around me, every person around me looked like a supermodel. The girls were just gorgeous. Yeah, just, you know, just saying. I'm just saying I would love <laughs> nothing more to go to Brazil. You would like Brazil. Chilling but that's too. not why, I mean... No, well, no. That's, that's, that, that to me is just merely a fringe benefit. <laughs> Hey, I guarantee that 90% of our listeners are like, yeah, Brazil, yeah. <laughs> they get it. These are, these are our peeps. We've started a community, Bruce. And, uh, and hats are, are in too. We're going to get hats. All right, let's, let's leave these, let these people go to bed. That's a 1967 Les Paul Gibson. Reissue. Reissue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Scott Free. We miss you, Scott. Scott, we love you. Come back soon. Come home. <laughs> it's not as bad as you think it is. <laughs> Why? Oh, man. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Guitar wank out. Thank you, sir, Bruce. Well, it's been a real pressure. <laughs> Scott. Good night, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what rewind this episode and listen to it again and then transcribe that if That'll you hear it backwards you'll hear Scott saying turn me on dead man turn me <laughs> on dead man later
there you go, mates, ladies, gentlemen, kids and boys and girls, dogs, cats, animals, all that stuff. I hope you enjoyed that amazing guitar wank. A big shout out to Robbie Garland and Rob Harris. Uh, thanks, guys, for, for taking the time to sit with me on the couch. We finally, <coughs> excuse me, got that episode up. Um, yeah, we hope you enjoyed that. And obviously, we've got more of those, those interviews and we will post them at some point. Uh, all right. Drum roll. We, I don't have one. But uh, you can imagine a drum roll because our next winner for the Guitar Wank. Uh, no, not 100th web episode uh, competition. At, uh, what are we, 99.30? We are another radio station. The second winner is... Bling this out of a hat. And let me grab that. Just checking here. Alright. Our winner is Jason. If your name is Jason, you have won uh, a prize. So thank you, Jason. And your email is, well, Jason... Gonzalez. Jason, you've won, dude. Yes, you. I'm serious. Jason Gonzalez has won. He's our second winner. I know. I just heard everyone else go, oh, fuck. Wasn't me. Well, you know what? Don't be a sore loser because you're still in it. Just because Jason won this week and Mark won last week, you could win next week. Because that's right, ladies and gentlemen. We are giving a prize away every friggin' episode. Super cool. Um, so there you go. Uh, Jason Gonzalez, email us, mate. Email me and uh, at guitarwank at gmail.com so we know where to send your huge, massive Guitar Wank prize. Pretty friggin' cool. All right. Until next week, uh, be safe. Look after yourselves, and uh, I hope everyone in Nashville has a shitty time at the NAMM show because I'm not there. Uh, That's pretty fair to say that. All right. Thanks, guys.